What's going on, best friends, and welcome to another episode of Best Friends Talk Funny, the only kind of funny community podcast all about the best friends that make up said community. I am your host, Kyle Stevenson, a.k.a. Ninja 73 and uh, before we get started, I want to apologize for being a week late. We upgraded here at the house our uh, cable boxes, and with that, got rid of our uh, our old um, wireless modem to that connects to Wi-Fi and and all that fun fun stuff. And um, it, by doing that, it kind of messed up uh, the ability for my PC to connect to the internet. Apparently, the Wi-Fi, uh, I can't, I don't know the correct term, but the Wi-Fi, I'm going to just, just going to say connector, the grabber inside my, my PC, just grabbing that Wi-Fi signal. Um, I guess it's not strong enough to uh, attach itself to the Wi-Fi signal in the house. Everything else down here works and connects to Wi-Fi except for the PC. So uh, I had to uh, drill a hole in the floor up above and run an Ethernet cable through it, which took me a couple days, which is why this episode is late, because I could not upload it until this point and didn't want to upload it halfway through a week and uh, not give uh, my guests a full week for his episode to be out there to be loved by everybody before the next one comes out. So I just pushed everything back to to stay on track on the Monday upload schedule. <sighs> that was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> but here, we're here now, and that's all that matters. Um, this is the, uh, the week of uh, PAX East. Um, 2020 up in Boston. Um, I will be there. Uh, so if you are at PAX and you are a kind of funny best friend listening to this episode, come say hi. Uh, I won't be that hard to find. I'm a big dude. Um, still debating whether or not the beard is going to be blue. Um, it all depends on funds and if I can scratch up stuff together in the next couple days before I leave. But that doesn't matter uh, to you. Uh, all that matters is I will be at PAX East. So if you see me, come say hi and uh, give me a hug because I love hugs. And I want to see you and say hi and just, you know, chat and and have a good time. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, if you're not in PAX East and you're just here listening to an episode... Boy, oh boy, do I have a great episode for you. I have the one and only Damien Marr, um, a kind of funny best friend all the way from South Africa. And um, I did not realize this before we recorded, but this is Damien's uh, first ever uh, episode of any podcast that he's ever been on. Um, so I'm super grateful for him to be on this show for his first one. Uh, Damien is an awesome best friend I've known for a while. And um, I'm happy that you will get to know him uh, as well as I I do now. Um, this episode, I learned a lot about him. I learned a lot about uh, South Africa and what it's like living in South Africa. And um, Damien's awesome. And you're going to find out exactly why he's awesome and get to know him a bit better. Kind of funny is best friends. What that means is we are there for each other. What that means is that you can go to any kind of funny live event. You can go to an RTX. You can go to a PAX. And if you see someone in one of our shirts, you can go up and talk to them. You can go to dinner with them. Kind of funny is this.
Damien Marr, welcome to Best Friends Talk Funny. How you doing, buddy? Thanks. It's great. I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm excellent. This is uh, super exciting for me because you are by now the person that I podcast with uh, the furthest from where I'm at as far as like distance wise, which is pretty awesome. I'm happy to, 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 to do this. I'm happy to be that person for you, Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know where you're from, Damien, where, where are you from? Uh, I live in Cape Town, South Africa. I grew up in Boxburg, which is like a suburb near Joburg. And then we moved here when I was about 16 or so. And mm-hmm. I've been here ever since. Yeah. Uh, have you uh, ever traveled outside of uh, South Africa? Uh, the furthest I've left from South we've or gone from South Africa is to Malawi, up the Namibian coast, and Mauritius. So we haven't actually left continent but yeah okay that's as far as i've gone <laughs> what is uh what's life like in uh in south africa that's a loaded question <laughs> yeah um <laughs> well life can be good and bad um we do have well the the one thing everyone always says when they come to africa or south africa is that the people are wonderful and mm-hmm. the people are wonderful like Great. we do have problems with crime and corruption and all that stuff yeah but it is a luckily we do have an aesthetically beautiful place to live so that's a it's it, it is a wonderful place and i'm very glad that i do live here that's awesome and uh we were we were supposed to record last week but then you you told me about a thing <laughs> that goes on uh which is something that we don't i don't have to worry about here on the east coast of the united states but uh it's called load shedding, correct? Yes. Uh, explain uh, I, to everyone what that is. Um, so our power utility, ESCOM, has some mismanagement issues and some <laughs> other problems, which means that at certain times they can't meet the load put on the grid, and so they have to cut power from certain areas. And so it's got to a point where there is actually a set timetable for each area so that you know when your power is going to be cut. And so, yeah, that's load shedding because of all the mis... And they're like billions of rand in debt and everything and all that, so... Is that like a weekly thing? Um, well, it depends on what the scheduling of it, or... Yeah, like how often does load shedding happen? Well, we can go, like, months without it happening, and then Mm -hmm. we can have times where it then enters different stages. So if it's stage one, there's a potential that you might be cut once a day, stage two, twice. And those intervals in Cape Town generally are two and a half hours, but for my sister who lives in Joburg, they can go up to four hours, which Mm -hmm. is rough. And that affects the economy and business and just life in general. For sure. And so at the worst point we had was towards the end of last year, we hit stage six for a day. Oh, man. <laughs> Which you're basically bracing for like half a day of no power. Oh, geez. That's that's that could be rough for me. Just thinking about like <laughs> if I'm not working, I'm home watching YouTube or playing games like that would be impossible. Yeah. <laughs> so like the things you learn to do are you carry around portable lights. You have like, we have portable lights in our house so that it, when it happens at like for eight to half past 10, for example, it suddenly everything goes dark and you've got to 
do you move your way around so like yeah we've learned to play uno a lot in card games yeah and uh-huh. when i'm i've figured out that i can download single player games on my laptop that aren't battery intensive so nice. like this past week i figured hey i remembered hey i haven't played baba as you i might as well download that and nice. yeah that's awesome how long have you uh how long has that been a thing for you oh over, to deal um, with it? they had a really bad stage in like the mid 2000s and oh, okay. then it went away for many years because mm-hmm. it it comes and goes and like it's it depends on a lot of things but you know for the past year and a half it's been sporadic okay all right um, At least we fixed our water problems down here. <laughs> oh, was it really bad with with the water as well? Um, we in Cape Town we had such a bad drought that two years ago that there was the threat of day zero oh, when no. they would cut off your taps and you would have to go to a centralized point to oh, get geez. an amount of water. But luckily, we then got enough rain to. So I think you know, water restrictions are down to just level three, which isn't that bad because we were at level six two years ago. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically at 50, 50 liters per person per day. Okay. And you don't realize how much you suddenly start using to flush a toilet, Yeah. for example. Yeah. What is it? What is that number when you flush a toilet water-wise? Well, if, if like, so in, in a cistern, for example, you'd have like, maybe between five and 10 liters. Mm-hmm. And then think about how much water you use when you shower. So shower times were told, we were told like two, uh, two minute showers and you're done. Oh man. And wow. so, yeah, there's like all these different things that you use water for without realizing. Yeah. And then you, so now we're at the point where we're very conscious about it. So we still shower, like, even though it's, much less because the water situation is much better. We still shower mm-hmm. with buckets because you use that shower water to fill up your toilet system and you save a few extra liters that way. And you and we, during that time, everyone in like water tank business was booming for rain. Yeah. So everyone's imagine. now got their rainwater tanks outside, which you use for gardening and all that stuff. So yeah. Nice. Um, growing up in uh, South Africa for your entire life, um, what is the one South African tradition that you really, or if there is any, that you really love that you want people to know about? Um, well, well, the big thing South Africans always champion is brying, which in America is basically a barbecue. Oh, okay. Or... Um, but because it's South African, we've got to call it a braai, and that just <laughs> differentiates it. Uh-huh. Um, and, like, just general sporting events, I suppose, are also, because cricket and rugby are quite big here, and soccer as well, even though we're pretty bad at that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's quite communal on that front, which is great. Uh-huh. So I, I take it you're a big uh, a big soccer fan then. No. Bites- oh, you're not. No. Okay. I saw by your reaction. I was like, oh, you you you've gone through a lot uh, of heartache. It's probably <laughs> because there. It's probably because of the lack of quality of why oh. the interest isn't there. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, is is like soccer and rugby like really huge, and for you guys? 
Um, yeah, well, at, at school, for example, we had like the choice of soccer or rugby or potentially hockey, which I played at oh, nice. school. Okay. Um, and because I'm, I'm just, I consider myself a weakling. I wasn't going to go near rugby, even though I find <laughs> that the far more entertaining sport to watch. Uh-huh. Um, and then cricket is also fairly big during summer. So mm-hmm. that's, so cr- de- depending on the communities you are in, like cricket, rugby, and soccer are the biggest sports. Yeah, yeah. I've I've gone to um, a friend of mine from high school. His college was playing my college in a, a rugby game, and <laughs> I went to go. I went to go see him play, and I've never have once watched rugby or know the rules, or whatever. I mean, you were in for a surprise. <laughs> I was so shocked by how violent it is, and how like yeah. it wasn't that game, but I think the game he played afterwards, like the following week or two weeks, whatever it was. He hit somebody so hard he broke his eye socket, and oh. he completely got concussed and blacked out. But he still played the entire game and did not remember, you know, playing. <laughs> and like, I'm guessing that's just how tough you have to be to play rugby because that's insane. My my favorite rugby joke is from a British comedian called Lee Evans, where he was comparing soccer players versus rugby players. Uh-huh. And like you could poke a soccer player and they would go down screaming in agony, yeah. and you you could literally kill a rugby player and they would get up and say no, I'll just walk it off. Yeah, <laughs> that's the difference then of like how rugby players are. You yeah. see some of them get just absolutely smashed in a tackle and they just like stand up and like yeah, continue going about it, things. It's like real life superheroes you're watching pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lee Evans, that name sounds familiar. Is he on a show, Would I Lie to You? Is that one of his shows? Um, he might be. I'm okay. like, I'm not, well, he, I, he mainly did his own stand-up shows okay. for a while. Gotcha. Um, he, I think he spent a few, like the past decade, doing a lot of family stuff. And then okay. he's, he's starting to come back again. Gotcha, okay. I'm, I'm not that, I, I watched the, this British game show, What I Lied To, on YouTube a lot, and I feel like one, it's of, wonderful. one of the the main people there, his name is Lee, I don't know what his last name is, but yeah. Oh, uh, Lee Mack, I think. Yeah. Oh, Lee you Mack know is... That might be what it is, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, well, two Lees are super funny then. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's great, yeah. Um, so you mentioned you play hockey. You played hockey. Do you still play it? Yeah. Um, no, I do not. Um, I... I I pref- in terms of physical activity these days, it's mostly running or mm-hmm. if I get the opportunity, tennis. Gotcha. Um, hockey is quite a, actually a funny story because um, growing up, I was always in the B team for hockey, and then one year we had a bunch a year where a bunch of the A team players just had moved to other schools and stuff, mm-hmm. and so they needed to fill up the A team. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And so there were just three of us from the B team standing around. And they're like, okay, come on into the A team. And I spent the next two years holding on to the slot in the A team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what position did you play? I was left back. Okay. All right. Is 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 that like the more defensive positions? Because yeah, I'm very well, novice you know, with hockey. Well, you have your forwards who are the more attacking and then yes. the... Mid midfield and then the backs who would protect okay. the goalie. Yeah, um, and sweeper. were you were you a uh, like a physical uh, a back player? Would you like um, check a lot of people, or, or, or are you more like fancy with the stick? 
I, I was mainly in charge of marking people. I was like, you stand in front of the, between this person, between the attacker and the ball, that is where you stand. That is how you most effectively defend. Because if okay. they can't get the ball, then they can't do anything. So I always remember one match where the coach complimented me where I did nothing all match except to stick to the one dude. <laughs> yeah, the one poor opposition striker who I think got the ball like twice in that entire match. And I would just stuck to him like a magnet moving around this hockey <laughs> team. Uh, my apologies. Uh, maybe I'm th- I'm thinking ice hockey is. Uh, oh yeah, hockey? no, very very different. Yeah, yeah, field hockey. And, okay, and astroturf. Gotcha. That was my mistake. I because field hockey. Yeah, that's that's is the difference a... between. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to get much ice down here. That's true. I should have thought of that beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> um. So in uh in Cape Town, uh, mm-hmm. what do you do for a living? Um, I am a video editor. Um, oh, and starting next week, actually, I'm a going into media management, which is more the administrative side of video editing, and that's nice. preparing everything around the editor. So that's okay. kind of hopefully a job that will progress me further uh-huh. into the industry. So, how long were you, uh, or how long have you been into the uh, video editing game? Um, I went to film school in from 2014 to 2016 with the intention of studying screenwriting and directing. And I then discovered that editing is directing a movie without having to talk to actors. (laughs) And like, you don't, no one realizes how much control editors actually have on the final product Mm -hmm. because... Like, you can get a bunch of footage, and depending on how you put it together, even though there are lots of briefs and stuff, if you get creative control, you can change the direction of a product single-handedly. Yeah. And you get a lot of chance for creativity in that, and also for rigidity. So you get... uh, It it allows for a lot of exploration in terms of variety in how you go about things, which is very exciting i know from a viewer standpoint if i'm watching a movie and i something that i don't really i can't say i'm good at pointing it out but i can totally tell when a movie has bad editing because the pacing feels all off and it just the cuts between scenes just are just weird so like i yeah editing has a huge from my novice uh standpoint like it's got a huge effect on whether or not a movie is is good or not to me. Well, at, at film school, the one thing they always emphasized was, the, as the editor, if they notice your work, then you've done a bad job. That's a good point. No, like, if it's got good editing, then you're not going to go out 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 of the movie house after watching and go, man, that editing was fantastic. You were like, yeah. oh, right. Like, you're, you're concentrating on the other aspects that the editing has enhanced in, or hidden away. And For sure. So yeah, it not, is a not quiet in the background. The scene kind of. That was weird, right? Like the scene that switched perspectives like a bunch. Like you're you're not talking about that. Yeah, like right? broke broke about... the one eighty degree rule or something. Yeah. And, and you know, and be, I'm I'm a very in, intuitive person as opposed to sensory. So, like I'm I switch off whenever I watch a movie. That's why I'm terrible at criticizing movies. Gotcha. Okay. If you look at my letter letterbox profile, it's just fours <laughs> and four point fives. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
if there is an editing problem that just sticks out to me bigger than anything else because I just noticed that immediately. And it yeah. it ruins the immersion of the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, if, with your uh, your video editing, are you doing work more like on films? Are you doing editing other types of uh, media? What is your main editing focus? Um, well, if, for like the, the, the job I did the, this past week was mm -hmm. um, interviews at a convention center or okay. convention. And so that was basically cutting A cam, B cam. Um, the other, the, the job I'm com getting coming up, if I were to progress into the editing side of that, um, that's more editorial. So that's more along the lines of almost documentaries and that type of thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then as a creative outlet for myself, I started last year, I started doing stuff for my YouTube channel where I talk about what I'm hyped for. Yeah. Because I wanted to, like, if I'm going to create my own content, I wanted, I don't want to be the guy who complains about the thing that I didn't like. Yeah. I want to be the guy saying, this is what I'm excited for because the, the one thing I love most about watching people is, pa is their passion. Yeah. And I'd prefer that passion to come through with a positive message than be passionately against something. And so yeah, that's something sure. I was focused on saying. So the shows I make are what I'm hyped for, what I'm anticipating, why I love this thing. And so that's the creative outlet I had. Nice. And we'll uh, and continue to try to have. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a way more healthy thing to do is to focus yeah. on the positive things instead of the negative things. And it gets you excited for everything, which is great. Yeah, definitely. Um, what is What are some of those things that you are, you're hyped for? Like, what are some of the YouTube stuff that you put out? And by the way, what is the channel name? Oh, um, well, it's just if you search for my name, it should probably pop up. Sweet. Um, but if you search for what I'm hyped for, that's kind of the series that nice. I've been creating. Uh, what are those things that you're hyped for? Um, oh, do you really want to get me started on dreams? Yeah, I do. I actually do because I'm actually very excited. <laughs> I I can't wait for dreams next week. <laughs> um, I was fortunate enough to get in the beta, which was at the end or beginning of last year. Mm -hmm. But going and. Uh, but going into the beta, I was like, okay, cool. If the beta's now, that means the early access or the game's going to come out soon. So I'm going to go lightly and wait f and do all the heavy stuff when the early access or the actual game comes out. Mm -hmm. And so I just did light stuff throughout the beta. And then early access came out and it wasn't available in Africa. So oh, I had man. the past year suppressing my dreams hype. <laughs> and it's finally coming next week. So That's awesome. I'm just excited. And so now we've got like a year's worth of stuff that I haven't been able to play. And it's, it's yeah, there's, I follow a lot of creators on Twitter and just seeing the, the crazy stuff that they're making with this little piece of software on a PlayStation yeah. is like, if you just spend like a day dream surfing, like it, not even creating anything yourself, it's mm -hmm. just amazing what, is out there. Uh, are you? Yeah. Uh, are are you more excited to uh, 
jump into other people's stuff or excited to try to make your own thing? Um, well, now now that they've fleshed out the tutorials a lot more than what they had in the beta, because mm-hmm. a lot of what... Because I, I tried a lot of stuff during the beta, but they there was... My problem was logic. They didn't have enough tutorials from the logic perspective. And so I was constantly going onto their forums and trying to find, how do I make this dude jump a different height here? Uh And so they did say after the beta, they were going to flesh that out a lot more. So I'm I'm excited to do like, because I I love puzzle games and I'd love to make my own puzzle game. And one thing I also want to try is just make some kind of brawler and figure out the mechanics behind that but also you can just if you're not in the mood to create just like open dreams go into dream surfing and see what is out there so yeah it, it's it, very is, it is definitely software. video game the game yeah <laughs> it, it's pretty much like whatever you want to play is probably in this this small little disc like if you want an RPG, there's probably an RPG there. I I I was also in the beta and I played like a first person shooter, like nuts and uh, the platformers, like whatever you name it. Just from like the little hype videos that they put on Twitter and on YouTube of like every genre that you can think of is is there. Like it's insane. I I don't know how they did it. I mean I I understand why now it took seven years so long. or whatever it was, <laughs> but like. I think it's going to be well worth it. I think it's going to be such a huge hit. And, well, you, you were just talking about RPGs, and I still think back to... Uh, towards the end of the beta, I saw on a Game Informer video where they were just surfing through things, and they found this one person who made this fully-fleshed RPG with all dialogue options and fetched this item to bring to this character, and it all worked. And like, how did someone figure this out in yeah. this little dreams game thing where everyone's like yeah i don't understand this and yeah people are out there figuring it out so that you can enjoy it which is really fantastic and and to think of like all the future game devs that are coming out of dreams oh yeah like it's 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 gonna be awesome like they've got people on the media molecule team who who were creators for little big planet so definitely absolutely um so obviously you're you're big into games, and I want to ask what yep. kind of games you're into, but I can't ask you that without asking you about Overwatch, because the okay. one thing the one thing for sure that I know about you, Damien, is you <laughs> love your Overwatch. I'm wearing a somber t-shirt right now. There you go. <laughs> so what about Overwatch uh, uh, as a game? Do you love? That's not a correctly worded sentence. <laughs> what about Overwatch makes you love it so much? Um. Every, like, so if you follow a lot, a lot of the community, everyone's into the competitive side of Overwatch and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to realize is that I'm I just completely relax when I play Overwatch, and um, it just like some people can just play Candy Crush on their phone all day. Mm-hmm. For me, that's Overwatch for like the past four years, where it's yeah. just it's the game that I feel at home with and it just feels the most comfortable for me to play and like and i stopped playing competitive the the competitive mode like about two years ago because Mm -hmm. i realized that it just tensed me up a bit too much and now that i just 
enjoying the arcade side of it. It's it's just the game that I feel so comfortable playing, and I if if there was one game for the rest of my life I could play, it would be that one. And I try to deny it every time of like, no, nah, it's not a ten out of ten because of this reason, because I know like all these nerfs and buffs happening because I'm so in tune with everything. And I also it's also like, eh, it's just a multiplayer only give this other game my favorite game. No, Overwatch is just, it's the game that I always think about and come back to. Even if I get bored of it, I'll be bored of it for two weeks and then find a reason to get back into it. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. And that caught me by surprise because when I first saw the trailer, I was like, "Eh, it's a Blizzard game. It's going to be like World of Warcraft and then I'm not going to get into it for some reason. And then I played the beta and yeah. I've been in love with it ever since. That's awesome. Um, do you hop between characters a bunch, or are you like really in tune to like one or two? Um, well, my favorite game mode is Mystery Heroes, so that is hopping between various because the cast is fantastic to play the whole cast. Mm-hmm. But I am, admittedly, a Sombra main, so Sombra is my girl. Sombra nice. is. My f- my favorite video game character, and I can go in depth for why if you really want me to. But yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I'm I'm happy that you have a game that you love so much because I can't think of a game that I've played for the past four years like consistently as much as you played Overwatch. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, but besides Overwatch, what other mm-hmm. games are you into? I see I see Batman behind you. Are you a big Arkham uh, well, fan? Uh, yeah, well, uh, talking about denouncing Overwatch as my favorite game because <laughs> Arkham City is my favorite single-player game. Nice. Um, yeah, the, Ar- the Arkham games are like, you think about me playing Overwatch a lot. Before Overwatch, the year before that was Arkham Knight. Yeah. And for half a year, I lived in those challenge rooms. Nice. Like, you- <laughs> When PlayStation released their, like, the hours you've played for various games since you got a PlayStation 4. Yeah. Um, I've got a pretty ridiculous amount of time at Arkham Knight that people don't <laughs> understand why I've played this game for so much. Can and I take I a have... guess? Okay. All right. So I'm going to guess it's got to be triple digits. I'm going to yeah. say 350. Close. It's about 290. Okay, all right. But nice. for a game where the campaign is like 20 hours, maybe? Yeah, uh-huh. And I played the campaign three times, so that's 60 hours. Yeah. And that, the rest of that was all spent doing a dumb competition with myself to <laughs> be, get as high up, as get, achieve as much in the challenge rooms as I could. Yeah, I get To that, the point though. that I almost had a... I, I almost have a fun competition with Jericho, which he didn't, and he he tried to catch up, but he got a bit bored, and I've still got a, a thousand rival point advantage over him. Oh, wow, damn. I didn't realize they had rivals, like, a uh, ranking system in that game. Oh, um, because um, the different challenge maps, depending on the, the number of points you get in a combat, arena arena or how quickly Uh you can 
finish the stealth war, the one thing that I didn't expect to get so deep in was uh, the racing trap maps mm. and finishing those quickly. And so you can three-star those, but after, uh, after the three stars, you then get up to 20 rival points. Mm. And trying to get as many rival points is just an additional way of competing in those challenge maps. Gotcha. Which I kind of got a bit obsessed with. Yeah. I'm trying to think. There was a... I think it was Arkham Knight. There, there's, a, there's a trophy for doing every combat move. I believe in one combat uh, encounter. I think, yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was fifteen combat moves in yes. one encounter. Yeah, that I I spent a lot of time in those challenge maps trying to f- figure that out to the to the point of I wrote down all the moves and how to do the yeah, moves yeah. on a piece of paper. I think we all and did taped it on my TV. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was that took me a while to get it. Uh, but uh, like I think now that I think about it, I can imagine the I, the muscle memory is like kicking in of like i know what map mm. i did it on i know the jumping over the enemies to keep the combo meter going yeah um, yeah man that game's so good i'm so i'm i hope whatever this wb montreal thing is it is good like i i miss i miss a batman game that's what i'm getting at i miss that feel of being batman well well we because the thing leading up to Arkham Knight, and, well, and talking about Warner Brothers Montreal, is how Origins felt, and I'm unfortunately one of those horrible people who finds all these little niggly things to criticize in Arkham Origins. That's as fair. much as I love the story in that game, I still have problems with some of the leveling in that game, mm-hmm. and I, I understand that they wanted him to feel like a younger, more inexperienced Batman, but the way that affected the way combat flowed, I... Like, it's these little things that, as someone like me who goes... I'm not like, eh, Arkham is just like press square and triangle, and that's combat. I'm one of those guys who gets deep into that combat system. Mm -hmm. And so to see, okay, this doesn't feel as fluid as Arkham City did... It's a bit yeah. clunkier, and the critical hits aren't working as properly. Gotcha. So, it's the little thing, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so if they spent that extra time working on those little things and whatever they're working on, then yeah, because based on their story, it's we know that they can tell good stories. So absolutely. Uh, and then I, there's I think whatever Rocksteady's is working on. Yeah, of which, come on now. We'll I just leave them be Harry over Potter there. <laughs> exactly. Um, but like going to this WB Montreal game, I hope they use the Nemesis system from Mordor with Batman. I just think that's can someone use game. the Nemesis system? Ser- uh, yeah, just use it, please. Mon- Monoliths like got it hidden away in a vault somewhere that they haven't yeah. shared with anyone. Because I played, I, f- I finally finished Shadow of War at the beginning of last year, mm-hmm. and even even though they kind of went a bit too far, I thought with Shadow of Wars. Uh, nemesis system mm-hmm. like the, the the cool parts are still in there and if and for a game where you could get like a bunch of villains like a batman game to have a nemesis system like yeah that would be incredible yeah. just like they, they bust out of arkham and they come back and remember what you did to them and <laughs> they're they're better about like not being on the streets of arkham and they come at you at sneaky spots yeah i'm all for that that's a brilliant idea why hasn't yeah. anyone done this exactly um 
besides uh, besides games, which also uh, I love you keep posting all these platinums you're getting. Uh, I have. Okay. I, I think so, unless I'm mistaken. Um, um, I think, what, what am I up to, like, eight, 17 or 18? Oh, okay. For some I'm reason, not I one of those dudes. Post... <laughs> some, for some reason, I thought you you, you had uh, more. I just put I just put big fanfare around it whenever I get a platinum. You know what? That's what it like, is. Yeah, I love this it game. It feels like an event. <laughs> <laughs> um but other than games what are you uh what are you into um well i don't know if we can see it in my camera behind me there's my cello oh sweet okay and yeah i'm i'm learning that i got my first bach piece two weeks right. three weeks ago so uh-huh. that's progressing i might share a video on that sometime in the future sweet. maybe uh why did you want to start to learn the cello Okay, so now we get to fun stories. Um, growing up, I um, I come from a family that plays the bagpipes. Oh, nice. And okay. So I started learning when I was nine or ten mm-hmm. and was really good at it, but kind of my body kind of rejected it. I got scoliosis from it that I needed to work out. And then uh, okay. my th- I, you got to be f- like piping fit to play them because of like lung capacity and like lip strength and yeah. throat and all that stuff. And for some reason, my lip strength just went away. Uh-huh. And I've in the past couple of years, I've been diagnosed with chronic back tension, which is fun. Yeah. So, I can imagine. Uh, so I gave it up around matric grade 12. And then there were f- like three or four years of, not having any musical instrument to play, which really bugged me out. Mm-hmm. And I always remember from the behind the scenes of The Dark Knight, where you go, where they talked about creating the Joker's music. And for the Joker's music, it started with this dude holding C on a cello forever. And it's that. And I always remember, of like, I picked up that sound, that music in the movie before I knew what it was. And then I started paying more attention to cello music. And I realized, mm-hmm. wow, this is, this is the type of music I love to listen to without realizing. And so, yeah, I finally decided to invest in one and start learning it. And I absolutely love it. That's awesome. Uh, how long have you been learning? Um, I think it's getting to two and a half years. It's either two and a half or three and a half. Nice. Yeah, it must be two and a half. Is it a hard instrument to learn? Um, it it is quite complex Mm -hmm. because like there there are four strings, but learning all the notes all the way down there and getting the hand positioning and the way way your bow works and like you make like a little adjustment one week that suddenly makes everything magical but i've still got problems with a lazy elbow or wrist because and you've got to keep that straight line here and it's there's just so much to learn and to figure out and make sure you're constantly progressing with it Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I would never, I, I wouldn't do well with anything with strings, ever. 
<laughs> I just don't. I don't think I'm that coordinated enough. I don't think I will. I will oh, remember okay. the placement and stuff. But like when it comes to drums, yeah, I'll just bang on stuff in a rhythm. Oh, you I'll be the good. drums, dude. Yeah, I have, a, I have a drum set over there. I haven't played in a while, but I actually learned through Rock Band, oddly enough. Oh, uh, that's cool. I would, put the, I, I would uh, play Rock Band forever. Like, that game, well over. There, there we go. We found it. We found it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I put, uh, I used to put the pro, um, pro difficulty, like on YouTube videos of drum mm-hmm. tracks. Yeah. And then I would go over to my drum drum set because they would have like the symbol icons as well as the the toms and stuff, okay. and I would try to play along to the pro drum tracks, and it it worked. Like I know a couple, <laughs> I can do a couple of songs. Um, so if you want me to perform somewhere, just make sure I, you have a monitor so I can put the YouTube track up. <laughs> <laughs> and it has to be a rock band song. It can't be any <laughs> other song, and I'll be good to go. <laughs> we got to adapt it to rock band first. And absolutely, yeah. I, I have to hit up harmonics. Like, hey, can you put these songs in? So I can <laughs> <learn them?" laughs> um, there must be some dude like quietly maintaining a server somewhere. Absolutely, yeah. I think they still put out music too, which is pretty great. Oh, yeah. Cool. I I haven't played in forever though. That needs to change. I just miss music rhythm games in in general. I just. Do you think they'll ever? Like, when do you think it'll be long enough before they introduce I, another one? That's the thing. I think we're now living in a world where people want less stuff cluttering their gaming room. We've probably entered, we've entered Beat Saber world, so that's yeah. another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it'll ever come back, which makes me sad. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Unless it's like Guitar Hero VR. I mean, they already have a Rock Band VR, but it's not for PS, uh, for PlayStation yet. Is it Oculus? Yeah, it's, I think it's Oculus. Okay. Yeah. Um, but maybe one day. Who knows? Um, <laughs> so now we're going to ask about your Twitter handle, uh, which, yeah. once again, you had the smart... It's your name with a, with an ed, with N a, in the middle, correct? Yeah, which is for my initial. Nice. Which, which kind of sucks because that's my email address as well. And trying to explain to someone double N-M sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it can get tiring. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why go with your name? I mean, I, I'm jealous, but, like, why not have uh, another type of screen name? I I just never thought about it. Yeah. I just like, well, this is my handle, I suppose. It's not much thought went into that. <laughs> That's fair. That's nice. Um, so why don't we get into uh, one thing that you think people should watch listen to read or play and it's okay if you have more than one thing i just want to make sure it's at least one <laughs> so what do you okay, have for okay. us? yeah that was the problem because i was gonna have to ask you to choose one <laughs> no no yeah you can you can share as much stuff that you're geeking out about as as possible okay um this is gonna be weird but i'm gonna open up with a music album which is something i like I haven't bought an album in two years, and so we're going to talk <laughs> about the one that I bought in January. Nice. Um, I bought Halsey's new album, Manic, and I've been really enjoying that. Nice. Okay. Um, how much more? How much depth do you want me to go into? <laughs> as much as you, as much as you want. I, I want I want you to showcase why you love it so much. Um, it's it kind of falls in between alternate rock and pop. Which is good of musical taste. I, I like I mostly listen to the radio, so if 
So that's kind mm. of the more uh, the music that generally gets played on there, except for the hardcore synths and rock clubby stuff that doesn't really appeal to me that much. But yeah, yeah, uh, manic kind of falls in that middle ground, which I which really appeals to me. And in some way, I'm still a repressed emo without ever being emo. Um, and so, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So, like, really em- emotive or descriptive lyrics really appeal to me without. Okay. No, sorry. Um, yeah. And it's going to be funny if you know my personality, but my favorite song in the album is called I Hate Everybody in full caps. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's because it the like the the intention behind the song is that um you're trying to make people love you but they don't so if no one loves you then you're just going to hate everybody and so the the like end it. of the cor- the end of the chorus is if i can't make you love me then i'll just hate everybody or maybe i won't and I love that little extra, <laughs> or maybe I won't at the end of it. Yeah. Oh, I don't. No, it's, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's nice. How were you a fan of Halsey's music before this album, or was this one you first like dived into it? Um. Well, I, because I listened, well, listening to the radio, you start noticing if some if a particular singer starts like, hey, I like all of these songs, but they're all from the same singer, so maybe I like this singer. And so Manic yeah. came out, which I wasn't even paying attention to, and thought, I've been really into Halsey's music for the past year, so maybe I'll give this album a shot. And I was quite surprised at how much I enjoy it, which is fantastic. Nice. And it even goes into... Because she, she has a... She's told us that she has a medical condition, which has prevented her from giving birth. So she's had mm. three miscarriages. And it oh, gets to a song that actually, in a way, covers this. And I didn't realize that this song was talking about the fact that she hadn't, that she wants this kid, but she can't have them. And it's called, mm. the, the, all these things make me want you more. And the minute you real, like you put the song alongside the story, it's like, whoa, this is a gut punch and a heart. Yeah. And it yeah, just adds this completely new dimension to it that's nice yeah I, I i've been so far out of finding a an album that really that i can listen to and repeat mm-hmm. for the most part like i just pick a couple songs and i listen to them non-stop and but never like a full full album i can't think of the last one that i bought that i really went through from from track one to the end so yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and talking about being an album, the one beautiful thing about it is how it actually flows as an album. And so like we've got three interludes from other artists in there. And I love oh, how like I think it's track four or five leads like the last line of that song leads into the interlude. And then before you realize it, the end like the beginning of the next song sounds like the end of what the interlude should have been. So it just sounds oh, like nice. it all flows. And then you've realized you've listened to three songs in eight minutes without realizing. And they all, That's and nice. you can all you listen to all three of them separately and they don't lose their impact. That's awesome. 
Um, what, what's the next thing you want to bring to us? Um, well, you, you mentioned my recent platinum. Uh, I finished Near Automata a couple weeks ago. Ooh. And Very nice. That is a game that is hard to describe to someone if they haven't played Near Automata. Have you played Near Automata? Which is me. Okay. And people have tried to explain that game. And it's, uh, I, I, I can imagine there's troubles because I still don't and get it. And the thing is, <laughs> I'm not going to explain it to you because. Sure. But the, the perception you have of the characters and the world and the game at the start of the game versus how you perceive everything by the time you get to ending E is everything is just completely different. Uh-huh. And it, it the, I, like in my head, I say that Nero Automata becomes a, a, more than the sum of its parts. Because mm. the, the combat is fun, but it's not like, it's not super deep, even though you can get super deep into it. And then gotcha. okay. you get to like narratively ending A and B kind of come sooner than you expect. So is it, does that mean, oh, maybe is the story a bit bad? And then you like put everything together from the start of the game through to ending E and you're like, oh, okay. Wow. They told a full narrative in a way that other mediums can't really do that. Because mm-hmm. you go from one perspective and you see the whole world and game and characters from a completely different perspective and you get more information and then you start putting all the puzzle pieces together and it becomes really special. And nice. Yeah, A2 is amazing. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, is it a, a difficult game to platinum? Or is it just getting through all the endings that's the tough part? Uh, well... Because there are 26 endings and then there's one for the DLC. Mm-hmm. But what... So normally when it comes to that, like I love Detroit and all those types of games, but I'm not going to go through and get all the endings. But the beautiful yeah. thing about Nier Automata was I finished it and then there's like, here's a beautiful chapter select. With even Like you can even go in depth on the chapter select. So I was like, this ending is just in this chapter, so you go here. And so I ended up getting oh, nice. the extra 20 endings I needed in like two hours, just going to each oh, okay. individual chapter and doing that. Mm-hmm. But then what probably the hard part of the Platinum was grinding for materials to upgrade your pods and get your character to higher level, a high enough level to beat the final end game secret boss which is the 26th mm. ending. Because when okay. I finished all three run-throughs, I was about level 72, and the final okay. boss is level 99. Damn. So, But then <laughs> the other thing is I praise it for the fact that it gives you the secret enemy that you can get. If Once you defeat it, you get two levels from it. It is hidden away. <laughs> okay. And so once I discovered this, nice. I was like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do this for like 10 times and then mm-hmm. I'm sorted. And I didn't... At, there's a place that pops up, I think, through Run Through C. I can't remember how deep into the game it pops up. But you can actually buy plat- 
buy trophies from a merchant in the game. I, yeah, I do remember reading about this on uh, the trophy room. So, like, yeah, that that is a thing. Isn't the creator also a boss in this? The creator doesn't he show up like like an, an executive? Doesn't he pop up in this game? Oh, I don't know if I if he did. As I like might an in game model, unless that was a fake news. <laughs> it could be fake news. <laughs> it's, so yeah, like when I when I posted in the kind of funny Facebook group that I got this platinum, the first two comments are like. So you had, so did you buy any of the trophies? <laughs> and I'm I'm uh-huh. I do feel quite proud of myself for not doing it, even though I don't judge you if you do. But like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Uh, it's it's weird that that's even an in-game option. <laughs> you can just buy the trophies. But that's so funny that they're just like, hey, well, we can do this. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's like, who's really like? being disadvantaged by the fact that they've thrown like except for the person who feels really accomplished for the fact that they spent 200 hours doing like yeah leveling up to just be told oh well this dude just bought everything at the store <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's true um uh, do you have anything else you want to uh, bring to the table for things you think people should play or watch or read or listen to um i'll bring one more because sure. I watched it again today, and I can't stop watching it. But I watched Captain Marvel again. Because that nice. is my feel-good movie of 2019. Yeah, I love Captain Marvel. You, I have yet to see it since the theaters, just because of time. But like, I loved it then. I still think it's a super strong movie uh, from my memory of it. But uh, why is it so special to you? Um, well, when it was announced, I was all, I was quite excited for it, and then I, it was I was always one of those movies I was looking forward to, and then it came out. It, it was March last year, I think. Uh, yes. And yes, I got in. I watched it, and it just brought so much joy to me. And there are parts in that where yeah. I just this is what I love watching. As, like, mm-hmm. I can go into the little spoiler because everyone spoiled Endgame anyways but like yeah. the part where she realizes her powers and like flies through that Kree ship and just completely destroys it the first time you see that you're just sitting there in the movie house going whoa this yeah exactly and so immediately like I don't really rewatch movies the week after I, wa- I went in to go rewatch it and Escom bumped up low shading to stage four halfway through the movie. Power went out. <laughs> I went back the week after to watch to f- watch it properly. So in like three weeks, I'd watched Captain Marvel two and a half times. Yeah. <laughs> and, the optimal way to watch <laughs> that movie for sure. <laughs> and it's just yeah because for, I don't know why it just it it I enjoy that movie and it brings me happiness. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so since this is a show all about the best friends talking about funny, let's get into it. Kind of funny. Yeah. Why are you a fan of kind of funny and those crazy kids over there in San Francisco? <laughs> um, well, okay. Um, I always was a PC gamer. One of those horrible PC games. 
Um, <laughs> but it got to a point where I realized I wanted to be one of those gamers who just puts on the console and doesn't have to worry if I have the right system requirements. Because that was always the thing of like, oh, new games coming out, I want to play. Check the system requirements. Oh, no, we don't have enough. Yeah. Yeah. Invest in a graphics card. I don't know how to install that. <laughs> and so I finally decided I would buy my first console as a PlayStation 4. And so, okay, I now need to... I'm not in tune with this. I don't, I don't... I'd never even heard of The Last of Us before I got a PlayStation 4. Shock and awe. <laughs> um, and nice. so I, I followed IGN a lot for gaming news. And then I saw that there was this big thing that... This dude I had always seen but never paid followed was leaving Podcast Beyond. And so I was like, okay, well, this is a PlayStation podcast. I might as well, like, watch this one. And that was the one where Greg and Colin left. And I was like, wow, these dudes seem really cool. What, what are they moving yeah. to? And so I started uh-huh. following Kind of Funny and realized, wow, I like these guys. These are really cool. Uh-huh. And then... I. I always remember that they. Were, I think Greg was streaming. What's that zombie game on Xbox? Uh, Dead Rising. No, the other one. That's it's. They've now bought them as an exclusive studio. It's state state of decay. Oh, Days Gone. State of yeah. decay. I get them confused. They, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Greg was playing State of Decay. I think on a Saturday, and I was watching Twitch chat as I had been doing occasionally. The, past couple of weeks and i'd always seen this dude yeah. called zyger i was like yeah. okay i'm gonna because i i'm normally the quiet guy who like sits back and like watches his people chat and have fun and i just ran and went hey mm-hmm. zyger and i got like the happiest positive random response from this random dude on the internet i was like what's going on here and then i joined yeah. the, the facebook group and eventually after a while i made my first post and it was like well, I'm getting cool responses. This is a cool community. And then the deeper in I got, it was, it. I began to realize that the community was really awesome. And yeah. they then re- released their forums, which they've now neglected. And I got into that yeah. and I actually got a, became a moderator there. Um, nice. And then from being a moderator, I then got noticed by Joey, who then like recommended me with a bunch with um and so and, and Zyga and Wes and stuff noticed. And so with Fiona I was asked to become an admin for the Facebook group. Yeah. And it's just I I really enjoy being a part of this community, even though I'm now much more laid back member of it. And I let sure i let shenanigans go on and i just <laughs> chat to the best friends that i have made people say like oh, yeah. the best friend is just the thing no it's not i've made proper yeah. best friends in this community so yeah yeah for sure that's awesome um what is your favorite thing that they they do like what show is the one that, like you can't wait to go watch or listen to um I suppose it's now it's got to be PS. I love you is back. Yeah. The King is returned. That's fair. Yep. But otherwise KFGD is always enjoyable because I get to, um, follow, like just catch up on daily news and stuff, even though I am behind on a lot of things, 
but now that I'm gonna be working more consistently, I now get, I can now add it back into my schedule. And yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm behind like on. Everything. I am so far behind. It just, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. There's no shame in that, Damien. They 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 put out a lot of stuff, and obviously we have other things that we'd like to do as well. I'm, like, I'm enjoying yeah. now that they're doing individual trailer reacts because that's like ten to fifteen yes. minutes. I can re- watch that and not commit for an hour. And absolutely especially as somebody that loves to talk about what they're hyped for <laughs> like trailer reactions are like the perfect yeah. <laughs> type of content for that is it, seeing other people get hopefully hype about the thing that they're re- reacting to and talking about hype don't make final fantasy 7 man oh man that <laughs> that uh that image that was released today on twitter uh, apparently there's spoilers in it. I, don't, I don't really i haven't seen i haven't seen the image but yeah uh really i, I mean, don't like, know you played the original game right no have, oh you haven't no. but then i won't say anything but it the image today made me very very happy <laughs> just a side-by-side comparison made me very happy and what like brian one of my kind of funny best friends from ireland is so surprised that I've never played this game and yet I and yet he loves it and yet I'm probably more excited for it than he is. <laughs> and that's that's fine. I wish I could I, I could experience those types of games for the first time again. Like that'd be magical. And, and it's cool. But yeah, I'm like, excited for you. It's cool to play. for us because like it it's we're not going to be viewing it as like oh this is the old game old mechanics now we yep. get it's the same story and everything even though there seem to be some changes but it just looks so freaking awesome yeah plus you get the you get the most beautiful version of this game yeah. ever made it's, it really is beautiful <laughs> it's pretty awesome so yeah like when yeah. that that new trailer dropped last week and i think yep. i watched so many places do react to that trailer and same so mm-hmm. watch so like you just see Tim's face when you, like when Tim loves something that is, like the sun comes out and the rain clouds go away and yep, yeah, just seeing get that those, is get those warm fuzzy yeah. feelings, yeah, for sure. Um, now uh, my guest, which is you, uh, but every episode our guest brings an old Game Over Greggy show topic. Or kind of funny podcast topic now, or if you want a KFGD topic to uh, discuss amongst ourselves. And which one do you did you bring uh, for the episode today, Damien? Uh, I brought which which person would you have with you to survive with in a zombie apocalypse? Okay, now here here's a question I'm going to ask to qualify okay. this one. Is it, does it have to be an actual real life person or can it be a fictional character? Oh, um, uh, just for the sake of this, I'm going to say a real person. Okay, that's fair. Because otherwise, there's, I can have a field day with that. Yes, yeah. Uh, man, who do I want standing with me in a zombie zombie apocalypse? Like well, oh, well like man. the obvious answer is bear girls, but then like <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, someone that knows how to survive. But that would probably be a bit intense. Yes. <laughs> okay, so now Absolutely. we're gonna be just... eating the zombies' eyes because they haven't been infected, and so you can eat them yep. safely. <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> 
you'd have to get real comfortable with drinking pee. Oh yeah, <laughs> that would be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so, so my mind instantly went to like The Rock. Yeah. I feel like the that, rock that's another default. Very... <laughs> it's another good answer. <laughs> that for sure. Just just by sheer size and strength, and when we're not try surviving the onslaught of zombies, I feel like it would just be a fun fun time to be <laughs> around the rock. Like I, he'd keep me entertained in this uh, very depressing uh, world <laughs> that is now zombies. Uh, man, who else would I want? I, what, what I was also thinking was like someone very tactical, because then you mm-hmm. like you're not constantly worrying about things and reacting. You've got a full blown plan, and this isn't this is, this wouldn't be my final answer, but um, one Overwatch streamer I follow a lot. <laughs> um, he's called Fitzy here, and he just like con. Like in an Overwatch game, he knows everything that's happening, and mm. and I would love and I was thinking like to be in that situation where you just have someone who is like super aware of everything around them would be so valuable. Yeah, that's a good point. Because like the Rock's oh, great, man. but if the Rock gets ambushed, then <laughs> absolutely. Oh no. Yeah, I'm I don't know who else I would want. Like for me it's all about being entertained. Yeah. Die happy. <laughs> exactly. I I'm not going to survive. <laughs> so like who do I want to hang out with? Uh like I I would love to, you know, just hang out with Jennifer Lawrence. I think she would have be a fun time to just hang out with. Okay, if we're going down that route the then. I I'm picking Kristen Bell. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great answer, true. Um, oh, I wonder if Dax, if Dax can help us out. <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. Oh, who else is, is tactical? Because that's a great, it's a great uh, a reasoning there. Is somebody that can see the issues before yeah. they become issues. But that's also like the rare, like, it's a super rare type of person. Yeah. Yeah, and you would have to think like somebody who does play like those types of games yeah. where you got to think of the proper routes and the pitfalls of each route and what the strengths and weakness weaknesses of each way to go. Huh. You got you got me <laughs> oh, no. here, Damien. I'm throwing you off. It's fine. I'll I'll think of one eventually like by the time the end of this episode i'll be like oh that's the person. yeah that like once once uh, we once we stop recording it's like oh no of course <laughs> that person <laughs> i'll tweet at you like a week later like ah, i got it <laughs> <laughs> i know exactly who it is oh man uh, okay hold on oh, something's oh. coming to me i'm thinking of a maybe like when it comes to football the NFL, like uh, I think a quarterback is also somebody that needs to know like the vision of like what the yeah. defenses are coming at you. So they need to read the field mm-hmm. and know the best. So like somebody like a Patrick Mahomes, who is who just won the Super Bowl, like he's super great at reading defenses and and, and, and adapting you, to like and you get like the like a mini rock kind of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm just looking for a rock and rock adjacent <laughs> yeah. at this point. <laughs> 
Um, uh, you know, oh, no, she's fictional. Never mind. Come on. Because I'm I'm sitting over here. I'm getting all these movie codes ready for the Oscar giveaway thread on Sunday, mm-hmm. in the Facebook group, and I saw Samara weaving from the movie Better You're Not. I was like, oh, she'd be great because oh, yeah. she had to survive that hide and seek game. Um, but again, fictional character. Just count the actors. Not real. <laughs> There you go. Sure, Samara Weaving. You're, like you're I played me. the role. Take I know that these film, <laughs> that on-screen experience, and, and adapted to here. Um, do you have any other ones that you that, off the top of your head of somebody that might be good? Uh, no, because uh... like you start thinking about actors who. Oh, okay. Oh, let's just call Chris Evans. Oh, that yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's just like, we don't need anyone else. We'll just call Chris Evans. <laughs> That's true. That's a good That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, Chris Evans is, is a great one to have. Uh, yeah, that he should have been first, first on draft pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, let's hope that Zombie Apocalypse does not come to fruition. Uh, who knows what this, what, this coronavirus... What's the coronavirus going to lead to? The coronavirus it is just... I think uh, who did I see on Twitter? It might have been MC Fixer, but he put up a picture of like if you rearrange Corona oh, and the and Raccoon City, it turns yeah. into Raccoon, <laughs> Raccoon City. Like that's and it's got the same logo. genius and also <laughs> yeah, very scary. Um, Someone yeah, at Capcom is happen. looking at this guy. Uh, we might have a marketing issue. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go. We have to do some damage control. <laughs> Um, but before we end this episode, uh, I, I tweet out every episode before my guest comes on uh, to ask questions. Mm-hmm. And on today's episode, we have one question from somebody you mentioned yep. earlier in the show, Mr. Jericho, at Jericho on Twitter. Love that dude. Uh, question for Damien. If you had to choose between a career in media slash film or being a pro Overwatch player, which would you choose? Tell us about your passions, brother. So... Career in film and uh, TV or pro Overwatch player? Well, I, I kind of, because like he set me up for this earlier when I read that, so I've been thinking about it. Uh, it's an easy, it's yeah. a very easy answer to that question now that I've had the okay. context of the past four years of following Overwatch as closely as I follow it. And uh-huh. also follow, and also now seeing snippets from Apex Pros, I do not want to be a pro gamer because. I've come to the realization that pro gamers don't enjoy games as much as the rest of us because they are constantly searching for ways to break the game and find the most (laughs) optimal solution to everything while the rest of us get to enjoy all these other different ways of playing. Yeah. I I, I saw like a month ago when... um, Because I don't know how... An Apex Pro ended up on my Twitter feed, but like, and he was complaining that there were Watsons in every game, and I was thinking, well, in my games, I haven't like Watson is a sporadic legend that pops up, and it's just uh-huh. because there are things that a pro like has to work on a pro scene, but for the rest of us noobs, it's just life goes on as normal, and we can enjoy the game to its full extent. So. I, I would yeah. love to be paid to play Overwatch all day, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I would not want to be a pro, I've come to realize. So 
that is my answer to that question. Nice. Um, I forgot to ask you earlier when we were talking about Overwatch. With Overwatch 2 uh, being announced with a single-player campaign, does that get you excited? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I figured. I am so excited for that. <laughs> what do you want that to be? Do you want that to be like hopping between the different heroes or just a singular focused on one? Uh, no, I think if you focus on one, that would be terrible. Um, okay. I, I, th- I, I think I want every... Well, at least everyone from the main core cast to get their shining moment. Sure. Did yeah. you watch the cinematic that was before? I did not. No. But well, well, from that one, everyone got their moment to shine, and in a in a game with a campaign, I would want I would want like Sombra to get a chapter where she goes and like messes around with talent and overwatch and everyone uh-huh. but i i'm also loving to have like a chap like a few chapters where trace is just being awesome and so yeah i, I want i want a campaign that it explores all the different sides of them while giving giving the overwatch story impetus because for the past four years we've been like please give the Overwatch narrative, move it forward. Stop giving us origins of various heroes, but tell us, uh-huh. like, you you introduced the story here and it hasn't progressed as far from gotcha. that starting point as we want. Uh-huh. And so it, I want, like, I want the story of Overwatch to continue while giving everyone that they've introduced, which is going to be hard because at this point there's, like, 31 yeah. of them. Like everyone, their moment to shine. Yeah, but if they do that well, nice. then yeah. And there's also the other mode where they, like, you get to level up your heroes, which I'm quite excited what they're going to do for several heroes with who have overpowered abilities as they are. But let's see how wild we, they can get over there. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so before we go. Uh, yeah. been fantastic, Damien. Thanks for coming on once again. But I gotta take you through the Makuga okay. zone for three minutes. Do you know one Josh Makuga? I'm aware of him. Uh, he has a segment on his YouTube show, the Josh, Josh Makuga show, where he puts three minutes on the clock and a- asks icebreaker questions like this or that. And the first thing that pops into your head is what you answer. Oh, so this okay, so this is quick, kind of like quick fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, once again, for those of you oh, no. listening along, uh, these are all icebreaker questions from Elfster.com. So feel free to look for those if you want. Uh, how, how intense are these questions? Uh, I try to pick fun ones. I, I don't try to pick like <laughs> okay. real intense ones. Um, okay. Because like there's no fun in that. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Are you ready? I hope so. <laughs> uh, nickname your parents used to call you. Oh, no. Uh, Cuddlebug. Nice. Starting no. off strong. <laughs> no. Uh, favorite holiday? Um, Kruger Park. Uh, invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Uh, first celebrity crush? Oh, I can only think of Kristen Bell right now. That's fine. Okay, we'll, so. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, do you snore? No. Favorite junk food? 
how I'm gonna settle on cookies. Okay. What kind of cookies? Chalk chip. Nice. Um, favorite season? Autumn. Favorite ice cream flavor? Rum and raisin. Favorite number? Four. I was born on the 4th of April. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever worn socks with sandals? Probably. (laughs) But not Uh, not out in public. (laughs) (laughs) If Voldemort offered you a hug, would you accept? No. (laughs) A very emphatic no. And Uh, I say the emphatic no, and then I start thinking maybe the dude needs a hug. That's true. Now I start feeling bad about my answer. <laughs> uh, is double dipping at a party ever acceptable? That would depend on what we're okay. double dipping in. Okay. Uh, what's the fastest speed you've ever driven in a car? 140Ks, I think. No, it was one. Yeah, probably. Okay, I'm gonna have to do some conversions afterwards because I don't know how fast that is in <laughs> miles per hour. Um, um, that's probably near what, what, eighty-five miles. Okay, it's still um, super fast, faster than I've no, well, gone. Not. Well, okay. <laughs> I'm not a fast driver. No, that's it's fine. Just the that's one good. time we're like, okay. <laughs> um, would you want to live forever? No. Uh, Godfather or Star Wars? Star Wars. Uh, do you like the word dapper? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I've never read that question before, and I'm never asking that ever. Oh, uh, no. I'll tell you afterwards <laughs> what that one is. It is okay. It's not, a, not appropriate for this for this show. Um, are rats cute? Yeah, they can be. Uh, was that a cringe? One, what was that? Was that a cringe? No, no, no. I was trying to read a, read a question. Uh, are are a rats of, cute to you, Kyle? No. I, I, okay. They're terrifying. <laughs> uh, on scale of 1 to 10, how good are you at wiffle ball? At? Uh, do you know what wiffle, wiffle ball is? I might know it as a different name. Uh, it's it's like a, a it's like Google. baseball with like a plastic bat and plastic ball. Oh, okay. Um, I'd probably be a six. Sweet. Uh, what's your ideal outside temperature? Um, I oh, this is gonna sound hot, but it's twenty-seven is the ideal summer temperature, degrees degrees Celsius. Uh huh. All right. If nice. you need to convert that to Fahrenheit. <laughs> It's fine. Uh, have you ever welcome to the, the other side of the world? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever slapped someone in the face? Yes. Oh, did it feel good? Uh, I think that was staged. So yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, and then last question: uh, giving presents or getting presents? <laughs> oh, I broke them. It's giving. Yeah, like you, awesome. like the thing is because you love both, but like, because when you give, you also get a smile back. So yes, that's true, absolutely. Uh, Damien, you've survived the the Makuka zone. Uh, nice job. Yay! <laughs> um, and that's it. That's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I had a blast. Me um, too. Thank you. 
uh, if people want to find you on the internet, where can they find you? Um, well, on Twitter, I'm at Damien and Mar. That's Damien with an A and M A H E R. Um, otherwise, it's probably the same on Instagram. But I don't nice. really post much unless I post the yeah. thumbnail for my most recent hype video. Perfect. And that is if you search for your name on YouTube, you'll find your channel? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, you can find me at ninja 73 on Twitter and pretty much everywhere. Um, my show all about PlayStation, The Trophy Room, is at PS Trophy Room on Twitter and Bad Bit Games on YouTube. Uh, weekly PlayStation show. Uh, I, P.S. I love you trying to steal our shine. I don't know what's happening anymore. <laughs> uh, and uh, if you're in the New York area, hit up kindaNYC.com for all community meetup stuff and um, some more podcast family things. And we're getting into the streaming game, so everything there you can find at kindaNYC.com. And oh man, I forgot the outro. Hold on. Ah, and remember, be kinda to one another. Bye. <laughs>